Well, I don't know about you, but um, I feel like uh, this season that we're in should really come with a with a trigger warning. Just at the moment, I I'm not sure I've I've lived in such a a triggering environment in my lifetime. I mean, COVID is bad enough. Two years in, we're still living with constraints and with the accumulated mental health burden that affects so many. But this time, uh, people are getting sick. You know, people we know, maybe us even. And more people are dying, more than we've seen before. And it's not just people we know are getting sick. Some are also dying. But I don't know about you, but I sense a bit of a resignation among some people, like it's it's mostly old people until it isn't. And since when did we become so cold towards our elders? And it's all happening in this in this hair trigger atmosphere. Some people are over mandates. Others are over people who are over mandates. None of us are loving the restrictions. The political polarization is rising. And if that's not enough, the cost of living is on the rise. And it doesn't matter how you analyze things and who you blame. Stuff is costing more. If you can even find your preferred brand, that is. Businesses are struggling uh, and in some cases closing, often with that, um, that real human cost hidden uh, from the bottom line. And if that isn't enough, we have the Russian invasion of Ukraine which is only adding to the economic pressure that we're experiencing, but more so the tragedy of innocence, losing, losing their lives, their homes, their families, and this, this shadow, this, this threat of a wider European and perhaps global conflict. And all of this beams straight into our living rooms. And at times it's incredibly upsetting for people. I know in our family, uh, we've experienced that, just the rawness of seeing what is happening. And all of this going on, while well, the quiet tragedy often of normal life continues, people living with illness and loss and anxiety and spiraling mental health and relationship stress and job loss, and it goes on. I wonder what faith that's flourishing looks like in this sort of environment, in this wilderness of the body and the soul, in a season where we're, where we're stuck, paralyzed. And in the context of this series, Table in the Wilderness, what is faith setting the table with? Jesus' encounter with the paralyzed man offers us a, a picture of what faith looks like and what it doesn't. And that and that healing and forgiveness are possible even in high conflict environments. Would you pray with me? Father God, as we spend some time just digging into this account and allowing you to speak, would you reveal truth to each one of us? Would you continue to resource us? Would you continue to set the table for us in our own wildernesses? God, would you continue to call us uh, to be true followers of yours. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, this story uh, in, in uh, Luke 5 starts at a distance. In fact, you might even say that this story is all about distance, physical distance. 
social distance, spiritual distance. This was a large crowd. They'd come from every village of, of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. A crowd so large, it has overflowed the doors of the house where Jesus is teaching. Now, you remember crowds, right? Like crowds like this. Um, this, is, this is like standing room only. Uh, people up close and right in your moist breath zone. But this story starts a bit further away. Because it wasn't just a case of, of physical distance that day. There was also social distance. This man was paralyzed. And because of his condition, he is separated from society. He is living at a distance. Which makes the first miracle something that exists before the story even starts. His friends. Their association with him is the first miracle. After that, the physical barriers are nothing. These are men that have already crossed the larger barrier, have walked the longer distance, the social distance. So when they enter the story at verse 18, they are already acting from such a place of faith that nothing is going to stop them. And when they can't get into the house through the doors, it seems obvious they should go in through the roof. Now, it's not clear how they came to this idea. All we're told is they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I can't, I can't help but thinking about how this all played out. Was there a discussion under like brainstorm rules proving there really is such a thing as a bad idea? Did they reject like busting through a wall first and just go straight to the roof idea? Because it's not straightforward. We'll go to the roof. Then what? We'll break through the roof. Then what? We'll lower him to Jesus. With what? We'll work it out once we're there. Every barrier overcome. And this roof was not a simple barrier to overcome. We're talking about a major excavation through packed clay tiles, then, then through a layer of saplings to exp expose a gap between the cross beams. I love the way the video captures this so accurately, although they'd made a much neater hole than I suspect was the reality. But here's a question for each one of us. When's the last time you broke something to get someone to Jesus? Because faith makes room. And what these men did to make room for the man in that house was one thing. What they did to make room for him in their lives was quite another. I fear that in this season, our sense of burden for one another is diminishing as our own circumstances overtake us. And the question for us is, we have our own physical distance to deal with. But where are we at on social distance? Where are we at? on being neighbors to one another and to those people who are our actual neighbors across the back fence and those in our communities that we don't get to see very often. Because faith makes room. Even though our lives are not crowded in this season, our hearts and our minds and our spirits are crowded with concern. Are crowded with concern. 
faith, faith makes room. And it's not just the, the physical and the social distance that it's issue on this day. The Pharisees and, and the scribes representing the, uh, the, the established order, if you like, may have come to put Jesus to the test. I don't know if you can picture it all. Well, you can because you just saw the video. Uh, dirt from the roof just comes down on those seated below. And you can bet the majority of those seated inside were those of status, including the Pharisees and the scribes who come to check Jesus out. And if Jesus was feeling any pressure to put on a respectable display, the scene is actually dissolved into chaos. But the reality was quite different. When the man appeared through the hole in the roof, the scene was turned upside down. And it wasn't just the choice of entrance. Suddenly, the establishment was on trial. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, that is the faith of the friends, he said to the man, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? They didn't even have to say anything. Jesus, Jesus knew what they were thinking because he was about to, about to challenge a worldview very directly to completely turn the tables on, on right thinking because there were more barriers than merely physical and social ones on display that day. There were there were spiritual barriers, religious barriers, barriers that kept people from Jesus. It's so easy for, for Christ followers and, and for churches to be the ones sitting indoors or online, listening to the words of Jesus. Some drawn by the buzz of Jesus, others carefully weighing the words of Jesus. But the risk is that we might too become people on the inside, who, people who become lecture hearers rather than stretcher bearers. No, no place, no place for paralyzed friends, no, no place for messy people. But becoming the establishment without even realizing it, losing, losing that touch of the, of the barbaric, <laughs> which led a group of friends to smash a roof apart to help him reach Jesus. For the Pharisees, it was a case of fear overcoming any faith that might have been discovered that day. Their brand, of, their brand of faith was not about making room. It was more about keeping control. And they were afraid, deeply afraid, that they had lost control of Jesus. And that the more that his hold uh, would take on the people, that they would lose control of the people. Because true faith... The faith that Jesus models and that the friends models model that day, true faith makes room. It doesn't block access to God, and it certainly doesn't operate from a foundation of fear, of fear that leads to control, control that leads to alienation. People can't get in. Faith, true faith makes room. When our, our faith community, session community, was, was really conceived with the idea that, that we would be a part of breaking down those barriers that hold people away from Jesus. 
to make to make room. And this story, I think, helps us to see what that kind of faith looks like. Faith that brings healing and forgiveness in the in the setting of a barely restrained conflict. I love the way the video captures that sense of conflict where Jesus is not only talking to the man and to the friends, but he's constantly referencing the Pharisees and the scribes. There's this undercurrent of conflict and yet healing and forgiveness flow. I don't know if that's ringing any bells for you. This is faith that breaks down barriers and brings people into the presence of Jesus. I think it's a tough time to find faith for others. You know, I think we're working hard enough on finding it for ourselves. But part of what this story tells us is that finding faith for others is a crucial part of finding faith for ourselves. And Jesus still has the power to forgive sins. He still has the power to say to us, take up your mat and walk. It was, it was true for the paralyzed man and it's true for us. We each have the opportunity to pick up our mats and walk. We each have the opportunity to receive the grace of God for the forgiveness of sins. But in the story, there's no question what initially moves Jesus. And that's the faith of the friends. The friends who reduce the distance. The friends who, who break down barriers. The friends who bring the man into the presence of, of Jesus. The friends whose faith makes room. See, faith that makes room walks hand in hand with faith for, that we have for ourselves. See, there's never a time when, when flourishing faith is, is defined by an either-or kind of love, as if it is down to you know, love God or love others. Just pick, just pick one. Faith, though, that makes room is defined by, by a both-and love. This is the kind of, of love uh, this, and the kind of faith that is being served up in this season by God at tables set for us in the wilderness. As we make room for others, God makes room for us. As God makes room for us, we make room for others. This is the faith of the friends. This is the faith that makes room. Would you pray with me? Father God, we um, have a sense that you want to lavish us with so much, that you want to include us so radically and fully, and that you long for us to have such a sense of that, that we, we would want to outflow it to others. God, we pray that in this season, you would open our eyes to those parts of our life that are, that are living in survival mode. God, would you, by your spirit, draw us to yourself that we might move from surviving to thriving, that we might move from languishing to flourishing. God, there is so much, and, and we just sense that we need to give it to you. There's too much for us to cope with. Would you be, would you be sovereign? Would you be over all and in all and through all, even us? 
would you birth in us the kind of faith that makes room for others that you might make room for even us God, we long for that life that life of fullness and flourishing where circumstances do not define who we are and how we act would you give birth to that in each one of us and help us to take steps towards that this week um, we ask it in the name of jesus amen